Strength and honor, comrades, this is Marshal Ironsides. I have noticed over the past few years that enthusiasm among North American and Northern European fascists uh, spikes whenever the subject of fascist economics is brought up. It piques their interest considerably. That gives me a great deal of hope. It gives me hope because it means that this isn't just a pipe dream to them. The future fascist nationalist state is not just a dream. They want to know how they're going to make it work. And they want to understand the real mechanics of a model divorced from Marxism and divorced from pure anarcho-capitalism and to truly emerge into what is commonly called the third position. Now there are many writings on this subject. But first I think it is important that we understand the fascist critique of materialist economics. Uh, materialism in this context is applied both to Marxism, communism, and to capitalism. Both are guilty of materialism. That's the first aspect of the critique. Now, materialism goes far back in classical philosophy. It is primarily an idea where we try to identify things purely in terms of physical substance. All right, and this includes a conception of human beings as devoid of soul, devoid of spirit, devoid of any kind of transcendent spark, and the universe by extension in much the same way. That's its base. From there it moves on. Uh, dialectical materialism, as Marx called his philosophy, is really nothing more than providing reasonings why we why communists think this is so. Um, however, dialectical, his, uh, historical materialism, the more you look at it, the more you realize you're looking at pseudoscience and craziness. For instance, during much of the Soviet era, and I mean clear into the Khrushchev years of the 1950s and on, so for the first 40 to 50 years, no, I'm sorry, for the first 30 to 40 years, it was not permissible to teach physics in Soviet schools. Why? I can only do this by example, you understand, so I'll offer this one example. When you put a pot of water on the stove and you turn on the burner. Physics teaches that 
as the temperature of the pot increases so does the temperature of the water and as the temperature of the pot increases the agitation of its molecular structure goes from a very static situation to one where there's a bit of molecular excitation now this is what we call heat and the same thing applies of course to the water inside the pot as the water molecules enter a state of uh, gradually enter a state of excitation through the increased temperature the water gets warmer and warmer and eventually becomes hot and will eventually boil we all understand this well the dialectical materialists of Marxism communism do not understand this nor do they accept it their actual belief found in actual Marxist textbooks that were distributed in actual Marxist Russian Soviet schools that were actual states that all the water enters a state of complete excitation all at once in and I'm quoting an actual Soviet textbook here in a glorious revolution of excited molecules that the process is not gradual but it is inevitable notice how they take their political zaniness and apply it to actual physical science uh, this was directly in contradistinction to physics where it is taught that all changes of state are gradual okay it's not a build-up that becomes intolerable until there is an inevitable meltdown uh, no you have plenty of warnings along the way that this is this is coming and it's going to get hot so that's dialectical materialism now I'm sorry to say that capitalist materialism per se doesn't really exist a capitalist merely says shit gets hot let's sell it it's that simple uh, he doesn't trouble with the mechanics of molecular excitation at all however you can still see that in both cases the Soviet with his, the the communist the Marxist with his denial of any kind of extra physical continue is essentially on that level on a par with the capitalist who he doesn't deny the extra physical the supernatural etc etc he's just interested solely in production and profit how does this apply to the ways in which materialism views the people it's very simple in both cases you can argue quite successfully that the people are viewed as a mindless mass and they are quite capable of doing that there are some wonderful books out there on the psychology of crowds that are well worth looking into however in the materialist conception a human being is 
Well, to the capitalist, he's uh, a person is capital. People are capital. And what is capital? Capital is the means of production. It is the machinery. It is the raw materials. It is the finance that procures upgrades and materials and shipping and marketing and merchandising, etc., etc. But it is also this very vital element of the people that make the system go. And it is much the same thing in communism, except the people are not really thought of in terms of capital, because, well, that's the enemy's word. Um, the people are viewed as a historical force, which it's hard not to feel some sympathy for that view. It does apply a thin veneer of transcendental idealism to the people, you know, uh, much in the sense of German idealism, uh, or even Hegelian idealism, where you know, the people are a vehicle for the spirit of pure reason. I am oversimplifying, I recognize that. But in any case, both schools, the Marxist and the capitalist, view the people as tools, as something with which you make your point, your pile, your whatever. They are a thing to be used. One explicitly refuses to acknowledge the spiritual dimension in man, and the other, well, the capitalist will acknowledge the spiritual dimension in man if there is some way to make the product more marketable. If there's a way to turn that into some sort of uh, advertising campaign and such. And besides which you have the fact that capitalist consumerism doesn't produce products, it produces identity. That's what they're selling you. The product is now secondary. So there is an extra physical dimension acknowledged purely mental, no matter what they say. In any case, both schools are materialistic. You are a cog, an atom, a molecule. You are nothing more than stuff to be used to make stuff, and then the stuff is sold to, guess who? You. Or, in the case of Marxism, well, they take all your stuff and then you are forced to go to work to make stuff that will be sold and the proceeds will go directly to the state and you'll just be used up and thrown away. In modern so-called communism, uh, by the way, let's get this, let's get this out of the way. Communism exists in Vietnam and that's about it. Vietnam still runs its economy on strict communist and nationalistic policies, so you can't call it strictly communist. Uh, let's be honest, China hasn't been communist ever at any point in its history. Not ever. Okay? 
its red and yellow banners and they just happen to like the aesthetics of communism and something about the Chinese they have a demonic streak a mile wide they're not happy unless somebody is shoving them into a meat grinder even the people who defect and come over here would in the back of their minds go back and present their backsides to the Chinese Central Committee just for the pleasure of being tortured to death why do I say this because the idiots keep lining up for it they keep buying whatever snake oil they're sold they're a lot, they're a lot like Americans really so this materialism views people as something to be fed into a machine in order to produce more stuff the stuff is then sold the profits well they don't ever seem to really get back to the people or to society's real needs no matter what anyone in charge ever says about anything um, capitalist corporations they do try to convince you that they have a spiritual dimension like in the wake of the murder of George Floyd may he crackle in hell uh, you had numerous companies doing what was called a blackout they replaced their logos online with a black square uh, uh, help us stand against racism uh, this was really quite ridiculous when it was starburst fruit chews who by the way get their sugarcane no they're owned by the Mars Corporation and the Mars Corporation gets its sugarcane and its chocolate from the country of Morocco where these products are harvested using slave labor so you want to listen quite carefully to Starbus, Star, uh, Starburst when they tell you to stand up against racism they should know they practice it or Mercedes-Benz uh, at the end of the day Mercedes-Benz supplied vehicles to the Third Reich they did period they did period they did period that's all there really is to it so when they tell you to stand against racism <laughs> I just don't even know where to begin with that it's just too juicy in any case capitalist companies of any size now if you're talking about a small business even a small business contributes to its community uh, I have seen a lot of criticisms on that score from liberals and socialists who probably have never worked a day in their life and even if they say they have <laughs> they haven't um, a small businessman has to pay taxes so one way or another some of what he makes is going into the community uh, on a grander scale massive capitalism grand scale capitalism they too but with tax breaks and such the big corporations manage to get away with contributing a lot less to the common good than they could 
I'm a little bit off topic here. Um, but to return to the critique, both Marxism and capitalism are materialist in their orientation. You could even think of them as a snake with two heads, one on each end. Okay, it's one creature, materialism. Now, we live in a material universe. We have material needs. There's no denying this. There's no getting around it. But the fascist critique of materialism is that all materialist enterprise, all capitalism, must be suborned to the interests of the state and, the, and our people the nation. Uh, production for a profit is fine. Private enterprise, God bless it, may it continue. But the capitalist shall be and must be subject to the same laws and moral standards as you and I. And the production policies of his country if they run counter to the national interest, that's when the state gets to intervene. They don't they shouldn't necessarily be taking over, but they should be saying, um, yeah, cease and desist, because what you're doing is hurting the economy and it's hurting our people. When it's addressed, then it's business as usual. Fine, no problem. More on this later. The fascist critique of communism is that it tries to view all of history in terms of nothing more than class struggle. And that all the universe is nothing more than class struggle. Um, the evidence of history does not bear this out. Okay, For for one reason more than any other and that is the working class which it shall be the exclusive privilege of fascism to control and direct successfully the capitalist and the Marxist are incapable of it but the working class is always there look at the shape of a pyramid the working class is the base of the pyramid they are always going to be there. The base, the very ground upon which everything is built, is the working class, and they themselves are the builders. Do they plan to seize the means of production? Well, that's just an inestimable form of degree of uh, bullshit. Okay, now, would a worker like to get a bigger piece of the pie? I'm willing to bet, yes. I think if you could make the working class part owners in the project of production, that's fantastic if it's feasible. And it is for many big companies. And it does yield results. And I think it's a wonderful thing because when it is done, it totally undermines the, the, the Marxist critique that all surplus value goes to the bourgeoisie. Well, no, it doesn't. Not anymore. 
um, I have worked for many companies in my lifetime that offered what was called profit sharing. Some of them even offered uh, this, these wonderful programs where you could have a little bit of money taken out of, as much as you wanted taken out of your paycheck, and use it to buy stock in the company. This happens a lot. So the idea of this interminable class struggle between diametrically opposed classes that sh their interests shall never ever be sympathetic towards each other and don't you forget it. Uh, anybody who tries to sell you that has never had a job, doesn't know anything about the real world, and should probably be tied to a chair and beaten with hammers. They're not smart enough to be in civilized society. They live in a dream world. So, that was a bit rambling, I grant you, but that is the basis of the fascist third position critique on economics. That's just one level of it. We go after materialism and consumerism. Products need to be produced because people need them, not because somebody who sits a little higher up on the economic pyramid wants to go water skiing behind a gold-plated yacht that day. Production for a profit, as I said, is it's desirable, in fact. It's the only way you can keep the companies alive. But products that yield no true physical or social benefit to mankind the fascist says quite simply they've got to go uh, so many they are so many man hours wasted they are so much raw material wasted now a lot of fascists at this point will jump they will jump into a critique of finance capital well easy does it easy does it not that it's not that they're wrong they're right for crit critiquing uh, finance capital of course but gentlemen this is an iterative process we're talking about one does not merely take a stone axe and suddenly have the means to dismantle an entire system each step must be taken we must understand that finance capitalism having people invest some of their cash in a company this in itself is not an evil it's when offerings of stock are done for the exclusive purpose of making profits for the financial class which in itself is I have to say parasitic this is the problem uh, we can find the Jews out of necessity to their own enclaves not allowing them to really participate in the guild systems and whatnot because they just didn't get it they confined themselves to finance and mercantile interests okay fine but when that is when you take those two elements finance and mercantilism 
are supposed to be support structures within viable classical capitalist economies where products are being made for use by the community. To have actual companies that exist for no other reason than to make someone rich, well that's a problem and it does need to be eliminated because finance capitalists as it stands now produce no benefit to us except in giving us someone else that we need to hate and eliminate. Uh, should there be no financial, no finance capitalism? No, I think uh, it's a good and healthy thing. I think it needs to be drastically reduced, however. You have a company that, for example, makes lawnmowers, and if they're doing well, if those lawnmowers are well made and there is a growing demand for them, I would say give the workers a chance to take some of their pay, some of their cash, and invest it back in the company. Take some of the profits and plow them back into the company. Make the company stronger. Make it better able to respond to the needs of consumers. You know, work on technical issues within the lawnmower itself make a better mousetrap is what I'm saying but tuning it all up just for the sake of somebody getting rich who doesn't work the assembly line who doesn't work in the warehouse who doesn't have anything to do with the creation of the product or its distribution that's insane that's parasitic and parasites if you ever read up on your biology one thing you're going to find out about parasites is that they do not contribute to their host. It is not quite the same thing as a symbiotic relationship. Symbionts, it's give and take. You may have a creature living inside you and it draws some resources from your system but it also strengthens certain other aspects of your system. So you're, you're benefiting. Symbiosis means that both creatures benefit. Parasitism means that only the parasite benefits. And as it stands now, finance capital is strictly parasitic. Even when they say they're doing things for the community. No, let's be clear on this. They're doing things for photo ops soon as the photo op is done so is the social initiative never trust a man like Colin Kaepernick who has a net worth of 70 million dollars and then talks about how unjust the United States is and speaks of social justice yes social justice in the name of Nike Corporation his primary sponsor that's where you get this perverse uh, thing that should never be mistaken for third position and I'm talking about people who combine capitalist consumerism with socialist Marxist nonsense like people like Colin Kaepernick and the people who are dumb enough to think that he should not be tied to a chair and beaten with hammers they speak of social justice, they do it for a profit, they do it for a photo op, they do it to make their numbers bigger.
we have to be clear on this and do I know what the future fascist nationalist integralist policy should be no I do not when the time comes the fascists of the future will work that out what I'm doing is laying out the groundwork or I'm I hope I'm laying out the groundwork you take these concepts I'm talking about and you spread them out in front of you on a table and then you start to get an idea of how it all fits together 